to Passion Reviews Purpose Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to James Lockley. James is a seven-time world champion drummer, author, and speaker who specializes in achieving outstanding results for his clients through leadership and results coaching. He's a certified coach with International Coaching Federation. James has a track record of producing phenomenal results for his coaching clients. And today I'm excited to bring him on and share his experience with us and share his journey with us. So please welcome James Lachlan. Hello. Hey, Tosin, how you doing? Hey, brother, how are you? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you too. Thanks. Thank you so much for making time for this. Absolute pleasure to connect. Now, please, uh, am I saying you're pronouncing your name right, Tosin? Tosin, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute pleasure to connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I I really appreciate you reaching out, and you know, uh, like I, I was thinking today, this has got to be one of the most spontaneous uh, podcast interview that I've ever done. So. <laughs> Excellent. Those are the best ones, you know. <laughs> yeah, they are the best one, not unscripted, right? We just go, 100%. Just, go, just go through it. Yeah. So yeah, but I really appreciate that, and uh, I'm not sure if I, your last name is is it Lachlan or Laughlin. You got it right, Lachlan. Yeah, it looks like a lot of North American folk will call me Laughlin, but it's Lachlan. That's, You're spot on. Yeah, okay. I thought I was going the other way before. So, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. You're based so over you, in Australia? I'm in Brisbane, yeah, at the moment right now. So, I, I came over from the States five months ago and obviously got stuck here with the COVID thing happening. Um, my family is back in the States. Um, I, I've lived here for about 10 years. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm almost Aussie now, so. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I can hear that sometimes the accent's kicking in, I can hear it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have this mix of accents, so I don't even know what I sound like at this point. So, which is great. Uh, but you're from, <laughs> you're from uh, Christchurch, is that right? Yeah, so I live in Christchurch, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in mm-hmm. Ireland, so I'm Irish. I yeah. moved to Canada when I was about 18. And then yeah. I've been living here in Christchurch for the last uh, 15 years. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. So what, what, uh, what actually brought you? What brought you to New Zealand? So way back uh, when I was younger, my passion and hobby is drumming. So I love to play okay. drums. Yeah. And that's been a thing I've done as a hobby and then as a career for a long time as well. So uh, a band in Christchurch contacted me, a pipe band. It's a very, very specific type of drumming. It's Scottish okay. pipe drumming. So they um, invited me here. Uh, as a, a young drummer, and I was here as a guest to support them with what they were doing. And uh, yeah. then I got a job at a private school here, St. Andrews College, teaching their yeah. drumming program, and it all went from there, really. Oh, wow. That's great. Look at that. That's amazing. I saw that. I, I didn't really, I wasn't sure when I saw the seven time world champion. I was like, what's this about? Like, so I had to go read up on it, and I found out you're a drummer. So I was like, okay, I think we share a passion there, you know. I, I'm a musician too, you know, I play the piano. I have a band here in Brisbane. So, um, oh. yeah, so we just, it's great. It's great. It's awesome. So, yeah, I just, uh, obviously, now that we're on the, you know, show and everything, we're just going to like, uh, there's no script. Like I said, this is going to be quite spontaneous. Yeah. I just want to find out a lot more about, obviously, what you do and how you help people. You could, because I had a chance to read through, you know, uh, what you what you do and how you assist people in coaching, you know, and and I just wanted to like you know delve into that and find out more about that, you know, 
because uh, I've had the opportunity of speaking to a couple of different coaches, like wellness coach or like, you know, relationship coach on this podcast. So it'll be good to add to that mix, you know, uh, Absolutely. And, and hear what you have to offer. So I don't know how you want to go about it. Usually I would ask you, what's your story? What led you to this? What's your, what's, what's the passion that led you to this and how did you find your way into coaching? hundred percent. Yep. Absolutely. So I can fire into a hundred percent. Yeah. So for me, look, I started off um, in Ireland, uh, Northern Ireland, I should be specific. So, um, yes. grew up a, a pretty normal lifestyle with a beautiful family who really supported my interests. Yeah. And one of those interests was drumming. And with that, I became quite uh, passionate, maybe borderline obsessive with performing yeah. drums. And I'd practice hours a day. I can wow. recall days when I would skip school to play drums. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I became very focused on that. And I be- was mm. fortunate. So my dad took me across to the world solo championship. So it's a solo drumming championship. And the first time I was across there playing in the juvenile grade, I won, won the grade. I won the world championships. And I had no idea it was coming. It was a big shock. But at that yeah. point, it was a game changer for me. I was like, wow, when you put mm. your mind to something and you just little increments of practice every single day and you have a vision of where you're headed, you can get some pretty good results. Absolutely. So at that stage, I started like at 13, I was reading the book I started with was the inner game of music. And the same author wrote uh, the inner game of golf and it's all around uh, the psychology behind it. And so I started like a 10 minute toughness, um, performing under pressure, performance success, authors like Don Green. And then my cousin gave me this massive big thing of cassette tapes with this guy called Anthony Robbins. And I was like, oh, this guy looks like an absolute machine. Who's this? <laughs> yeah. So like I was a 14, 15 year old, popped these cassette tapes and I was like, wow, this guy's got a ton of energy. I love this. So I started listening to a lot of what he had to say around awakening the giant within all the whole psychological aspect mm. of performing. I could really tie what he was saying what I was doing at the time. So I would use that to help me along the years. I was fortunate enough to go on to win another six world, uh, world championship titles wow. in drumming and traveled the world doing that. So I always had a desire to travel. So a band in Vancouver, Canada invited me over there at the age of 18. And I went across there, had the time of my life, learned a lot about the music, started to develop more understanding of the psychology. Then I moved down to New Zealand, started teaching full time at a private school and really started to look at, okay, when I'm winning, what are my habits? When I'm losing, more importantly, what are my habits? And there's like, there's formulas and ingredients to that. And I started learning more from what I was doing when I wasn't successful. I started looking at the the self-defeating self-talk. I started looking at the the lack of belief. I started looking at the daily habits that led to those poorer performances. Mm. And so that led me down the track of, okay, I want to talk to a coach who's not involved in drumming, who's involved in psychology. So I started looking at Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins, as people call him now, Mm. and went along to some of his seminars, started getting coached by some of his top coaches, namely Luke Wren. So Luke's one of Tony's top international coaches and so um look still kind of helps me to this day so i started going down that path and decided you know what that's what i want to do for a living i want to help other people experience the best possible human experience and 
by becoming a coach that allows me the privilege and the honor to be a part of their journey and not to direct them, not to tell them, but to coach them and partner with them to help them achieve the results that they want that are centered with their passion and centered with their purpose. Wow. So I'm a success coach and a leadership strategist. And I work with all different clients, athletes. I work with CEOs of startups, CEO of multi-million dollar software companies, CEOs of $100 million plus uh, finance companies, um, work with surgeons, real estate agents, all different types of people. But essentially, people are people, and we all share similar dreams. Mm. We all share similar problems. And so part of what I do is I help people strategize and to implement tiny habits and to really work on habit formation that serves their purpose. Oh, wow. Man, that's amazing. That's, that's super good. I mean, talk about habits, you know, how important is habits? Like, because when you think about it, um, I was reading something the other day by John C. Maxwell, and it was talking about how people don't determine their lives. They determine their habits and the habits determine their lives. So this, when you talked about habits, you know, that's how important that particular thing is. It's like, if you don't develop the right habits or the positive habits, you know, you can almost predict what your outcome will be based off of that. So it's important that you actually mention that. So when it comes to the coaching side of things, right? Like when you work with, when you, when you work with individuals, right? And you work with individuals, maybe uh, they're in a place where they feel stuck or, they, they still don't know what their life is all about or what is it that they want to achieve. You know, there's no direction. How do you help people like that get unstuck or find that definition to come to a point where they decide which direction they want to go in life? Absolutely. Great question. Well, look, I've got a, a toolkit that I use and a strategy that I use uh, yeah. called life. And essentially that stands for the L is for legacy. Okay. The I is for impact. The mm. F is fulfillment and the mm-hmm. E is for energy. So that's, to me, that's the center of the life. Right. And what we start talking about is that, hey, from a young age, uh, you hit six, seven years old, you go into this traditional education model. And hey, I've worked in traditional education. I've worked at a school for a wow. long time. Okay. And I know the benefits of it. Yeah. But I also know the, the restraints and the restrictions that it can impose on an individual. So... I talk about, you know, we're expected to do certain things. We're expected mm. to pass our tests. We're expected to get a degree. We're expected to get a job, buy a house, get married. All these expectations are almost forced upon us. Yeah. And we don't get the chance to possibly dabble in things and try things and experience our passions. Mm. So for my clients, the first thing I say is like, what gives your life meaning? You know, what are the things you do that give you meaning? And first thing most people will say is, well, spending time with my family. Next thing they'll say is helping others. Like I I love going and volunteering. I love going and doing mission work Mm. or, Hey, I love zip lining. I love (laughs) uh, karate. You know, they they start talking about what gives their life meaning. Meaning. Yeah. And so Uh, to me, that's the starting point of finding your passion is starting to look at what drives your meaning and not looking at, what someone else's determination and definition is of success. Right. And every person's definition of success should be personal to them. 
Absolutely, because at the end of the day, uh, we, it's up to us to determine and to decide what success means to us. Like it's not something that anyone you know, decides for you or what it determines for you. In, in that process, do you ever, do you ever find people or find that people when they get started on that journey, you know, maybe, uh, you know, at the start, they may have this massive momentum, you know, passionate, driven, just want to achieve something. But I found that a lot of people halfway through the journey, they just fall off, you know, because they're unable to maintain the same energy, the same passion over time. Is that a question of whether you found the right passion or a question of just lacking motivation? Yeah, great question. So I think there's a couple of things at work there. So firstly, motivation. Well, I look at motivation, it's like uh, jet fuel. Uh, right. And when you've got motivation to do something, whether that's, hey, I want clean teeth. So I've got motivation to go and clean my teeth twice a day. Now, okay. you don't need a lot of motivation to do that. It's not a task that requires a lot. But yeah. for someone who's like, hey, I want to make a million dollars and be philanthropic, well, you're going to need a lot, a lot of motivation to maintain that. So to me, there's jet fuel. It gets you started, gets you moving in the right direction. But more importantly, I believe that desire is the slow burning. Like I call it peat. So in Ireland, we have these peat bogs and peat burns real slowly. You put it on the fire overnight and it burns the whole night through. So when you can tap into your desire, that's when you can sustain something, whether it's writing a book for three or four years. You know, one of my mentors, Robin Sharma, he's wrote the 5 a.m. club. He's wrote the Monkey Soldier right. Ferrari. Yeah. He's writing books and it's taken him years to do it. But he's sustaining that because there's a desire, a deep-seated desire. Wow. So I think it's important that when you're going after your passion to know that you might not hit it right away and you might have to change course. And it might change and evolve as you change and evolve. And I guess for me, when I look at it from my own standpoint, when I became a father, the very moment I became a father, I met my son, Finn, everything changed. There was like a change. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why it was, but something changed. And I took a big change in my career. I took a big change in my growth. And I think that there's things that happen in our lives for a reason. And they can send us in different directions. So when someone says, what's your big, what's your purpose? What's, what, why are you here? A, a lot of people feel pressure to be like, oh, geez, I need to have one thing. The one thing that's my thing my whole life. But when you look at some of the greatest you know, philanthropists, CEOs, they have changed from one thing to another. Brendan Burchard, great coach, yeah. marketing expert, author. He's got different things he does. Tony Robbins owns like 30, 40 companies in different wow. areas. Yeah. So I think you don't have to have one passion your whole life to be successful. I think it's about going with what's in here and making sure that it's underlined with desire, not just motivation. Wow. That's amazing because I really like the way you put that because I've always believed that, you know, passion or purpose is something that constantly evolves, you know, it's not static. It's, it's, it's dynamic. You know, when you understand that you understand how to discern or how to determine the end of one thing and the beginning of another. So it's just like a process, you know, you might not have to do the same thing for over and over again before you get into something else, which is amazing, you know? So, but 
Speaking of that, speaking of passion and purpose, I know this is a word we read a lot these days, you know, like passion, purpose. Matter of fact, people are divided. Some people think, you know, forget about passion, that's rubbish, you know, just find your purpose. And other people think your passion leads you to finding what your purpose is. I want to know what's your opinion on that? What's the relationship between those two? Yo, I think they are interrelated in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Yeah. And I think purpose is often the why behind right. your passion. So mm -hmm. I think that they're interrelated for sure. And for me, when I think of purpose, like, hey, what's my purpose? I tie that to what I would call a legacy statement. Right. So, you know, how do you want to be remembered at the end? You know, when it's your last breath, how do you want to be remembered? And to me, that really helps you define what your purpose is because it takes you away from your current situation, which could be materially driven. It could be right. what car am I going to buy next? What luxury house am I going to go on? What vacation am I going to? That stuff is absolutely meaningless in the whole scheme of life. That's and right. I think when it comes to defining your purpose, it's about looking at, okay, how do I want to be remembered? What will people say when I'm gone? And mm -hmm. that can really help you shape and discover what your purpose is. Wow. Absolutely. I totally, totally, totally agree with that because when you put things in perspective, you're like, uh, you really have to define what's important, what's really, really, what's personally important at the level that you, you don't worry about money or whatever it is, you know, when you get to that point, I think that's when you start to have clarity, you know, as to what you really want to spend your life doing. Totally agree. There's something I saw that you do, it's called think time. You have this process where you go and you write down. Tell me about that. How did you like come up with that? What's the process and how does that work? Yeah, so essentially like I started, um, what, hmm. one area that I've been historically weak in and understanding and not, not great skill area is hmm. investments and stocks and shares. And so I yeah. thought like three or four years ago, I need to start learning a bit more about this. So I started right. looking at some of the world's best ever investors, Templeton, Warren Buffett, looking at all these guys. And one of the oldest, most prolific investors from the early 1900s had this thing called Think Time. Right. And it would schedule time each week to think. And I heard, I heard some statistics that 3% of the population think. Wow. 2% <laughs> of the population think that they think. Uh -huh. And the other 95% would rather do anything to distract themselves from thinking. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Really powerful. So I schedule and I get all my clients and encourage mm. them to do some of my clients are doing up to four hours of think time a week. Wow. And it's scheduling a set amount of time every week. And during that time, it's not just like, Hey, I'm going to close my eyes and just let my thoughts wander. It's about some structure around questions. And I really feel like mm. the better, the questions you ask yourself, the better the answers you get, and therefore right. the better the impact you can make on your clients, your family, your community. Oh, wow. So I ask questions like, who am I? That's a question I'll ask in think time. Yeah. I'll ask, why am I here? And I'll just go off on a tangent. What is my biggest challenge currently? Yeah. What am I grateful for? What is an absolute must in 2020? So I'll ask questions that help me essentially move the needle and get me to be reflective, but also get me to be proactive. Wow, 
that's that's really good. I, I have never really done that before, but reading about it and you know saying it, I'm like, this is this is actually really good when you are uh, when you become um, conscious of that and you do it on purpose. You know, there can be so many benefits to it. Like at the start of this year, I, I decided that I'm going to just, you know, have two things that I'm going to, you know, uh, call my definition of done for 2020. Like when I get to these two things, 2020 is done for me. That could be in July or August, because I think sometimes we, um, we have unrealistic expectations or we set unrealistic milestones for ourselves. You know, and what's important is not so much getting to the end of something, but knowing what the outcome we want to get out of that thing is. So to me, it's like the point is not getting to the end of 2020 and feel like I've achieved something amazing. The point is knowing exactly what I want to achieve, whether that happens in March or it happens in July, it doesn't really matter. So that idea is something that I feel like I'm definitely going to take on board, you know, try that think time thing. You know, I, oh. ju I just think it's amazing, you know, and it may be like something that a lot of people want to try, obviously, but they're like, Oh, I don't know what to think about. I don't know how to even process it. When you started, what were, what were the, like the challenges that you had personally, or what were the roadblocks or things that you struggle with in that process? Yeah, good question. So I think for me, uh, think time. I initially thought this is wasted time. Like, why am I sitting down with a pen yeah. and paper to think? I should just be doing. You know, mm. this should be do time. Like, get my to do list out. But essentially, it's a, a to be list rather than a to do list. And right. the to do list will always be there. You'll always have to do the dishes, yeah. hoover the house get the groceries, wash the yeah. car, right? Pay the bills. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> but when you think about to be list, who do I want yeah. to be? We don't mm -hmm. often spend a lot of time reflecting on that. And right. so when I started doing that, it was kind of like, I was almost using the time to create a to-do list. What am I going to do in this area of my life, this area, this area? And then I started discovering, hey, no, I need to ask more reflective questions. Mm. So it started with questions like this. What did I learn today? So what did I learn about myself? What do I acknowledge myself for? What, you know, what's something I can pat myself on the back for? It could be something small, mm. could be something major. What could I do better today? You know, so simple questions like that, three or four questions that really prompt you to reflect on your day. And then right. at the end of the week, I would set aside, and I do this every Sunday, I call it my Sunday success steps, but right. I take, an hour on a Sunday to reflect on my week. And I look at those notes around what did I do well? What did I not do well? What could I learn from? What could I acknowledge? And I look at, I just look for patterns. I take five, 10 minutes to look at the patterns. Like where am I consistently not doing well? What, what am I saying I could do better on consistently? Yeah. I look at patterns of what I'm doing well and acknowledge that. But the Sunday success steps for me, it's about reflecting on your week. Did you reach some key outcomes? you know, personal, professional, spiritual, mm -hmm. physical, have you reached those outcomes? And then I use the time to plan my week. So I'm very intentional around my time. So if you were to take a, like a little snapshot of my week, I plan it out on Sunday. So I know on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I've got it all planned out and I leave some fat in the system. Yep. So if things come up, I'm able to do that because life happens. You know, I've got life a toddler. Happens, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So yeah, very methodical about the planning. Do it on mm. a monthly basis as well. I like to, I like to plan, and I, I also plan for events that don't come up, and I make sure that in planning, one of the first things I do, and I ask my clients to do the same thing, is plan your vacation time first. That's the first thing you want to do at the start of the year. Plan your vacations. With mm. COVID, they're usually like, no, I'm just traveling in New Zealand. I'm okay with that. But, yeah. you know, plan your vacations and then work around your vacations because then you've got your reward time. That's and right. so on a weekly basis, I'll plan my meditation time first. I'll then plan my walking in nature time second. And then I'll plan family time. I'll plan work time, think time. And so there's a structure to what I do, but I think, Filling your cup first has right. got to come first because if your cup is empty and you're trying to fill other people's cups up and look after other people, you're going to run dry real quick. Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we really can't give you what we don't have. Like, so you great way gotta, to put it. Yeah. You, you, you got to feed yourself first. You know, I, uh, one of the things I really believe in and that I've always, you know, um, always try to balance for myself is, you know, to always have people that I feed on as I feed others. So it's, it's like a balance in life, you know, it's like you have people who are feeding on you, you have to have people that you feed on, you know, otherwise you're going to run dry at some point, you know, you're going to have, enough, you have nothing else to give. So this is really, really important. Now, I wanted to ask you, obviously, I think you did touch on it, like, uh, when you're speaking of long-term plan, like five-year plan, 10-year plan, you know, I, I've had conversations with people and people, some people just think it's, to them, it's unrealistic. They just can't see or think that far. What advice would you have, do you have for people like that? Or how do you approach that, you know, setting a plan for the next five years or the next 10 years? What's the method that you would suggest? I think another great question there. So I honestly do believe in planning for your future reality. Mm. And when I look at human behavior, you know, 70% of humans live in a state of survival or a state of avoidance. And why that's happening is because something has happened in their past uh, that's traumatic and they are replaying emotionally, hormonally, uh, in behaviors, they're replaying that event. And wow. the reason they're replaying that event is because subconsciously they want to be prepared to protect themselves in case a similar event comes up. Wow. So when people waking up in the morning, they're often thinking in the past. So their state of being is in the past. Mm. One of the greatest things you can do when you wake up is to start thinking about your future reality. You've got to start in the present. So I always say, you know, before we think of a five-year vision, I always say, look, when you wake up, that's your time. You're in a theta state. Your brain's in a theta state when you wake up. The perfect time to meditate. So I always start with a meditation to really focus on the now and focusing on breathing. And then during that meditation, I will start priming. And essentially all priming is, is thinking of your future reality. Right. And when I think of the future reality, it's like you want to create the emotions. So visualize the emotions that you'll have because emotions really direct your behaviors and your behaviors direct your habits and your habits become who you are. That's right. Wow. So I will visualize that each day. Like, who do I want to be? What kind mm -hmm. of emotion do I want to have? 
what kind of dad do I want to be when, you know, when my son's my age, how do I want him to feel about me as his dad? So I'll start visualizing like what emotions I want to have, what behaviors that'll lead to, what habits that will be in, in inhabiting within me. Wow. So I think future reality is mm-hmm. where we got to be thinking. And when you start to think, when, what you can hold in your head, yeah, you can hold in your hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you think of anything, whether it's <laughs> yeah. a light bulb, whether it's a mm. TV, a car, a pencil, that mm. was once a thought, a, a thought in, in someone's head. Yeah, that's so powerful. It's so powerful to the point that I was just, you know, reflecting recently and I was thinking about things that I wrote down 10 years ago that I went back to and I realized that I've actually achieved all of those things. Well done. The last time I went, the last time I read that thing was probably like five years ago. So subconsciously, I was going after these things. Subconsciously, I was, you know, obviously attracting this thing, you know, doing these things, not even knowing it. That's how powerful that is. And another thing that you said that was so powerful is how people replay events and memories. And that, to me, it's a form of self, self-sabotaging because you, you're self-sabotaging yourself, you know, before mm-hmm. you even give yourself the opportunity to, you know, to move forward or try or, or, or appreciate what the new day is bringing to you, you know. So that's, that's another powerful tool. So I hope that helps someone. I really do. Yeah. So... Now, I want to talk specifically, obviously, about your coaching and, and how you help people. So what can people expect and um, how, how do you, um, I mean, how do I put this? Uh, when people work with you, right, what, what are the expectations or uh, how do you approach that relationship, you know, with coaching? Great question. And I think the one thing I would definitely like to preframe is just, yeah. you know, a little bit about coaching as well, yeah. because there's a lot of different ideas out there as to what coaches are, what coaches yeah. do. That's and right. some are, some coaches are incredible and some coaches are not so much. And some people, you know, will go and get accredited or certified. Others won't. So I mm. think as a future client, if you're looking for a coach, just take a bit of time to look for the right coach. And a couple of key things I would suggest, you know, people think about a coach is there to support you, is there to partner with you. Mm. And so you want to look at someone that's on the same energy level as you, you know, they talk in a similar tone, they can relate. So always, always, always at least call a coach beforehand, before you sign up for anything, get to know them, get to build some rapport, try three or four coaches perhaps before you go with one. And there's a couple of different things to look for. Uh, with coaches so there's an um, international coaching federation and it's the icf yeah. and it's essentially the gold standard of coaching globally so if you can find a coach that has an icf credential then you're on on a good track some coaches out there will have no certifications and they'll go off life skills you might get lucky and get a great coach that has amazing things to offer but yeah. i think it's important to go with someone who has an experience, you know, certifications and all that kind of thing. So certainly look into it before you jump in with a coach. From my end, Mm. clients, I want to, I always spend time with a client before they sign up. And two things, I want them to get to know me. I want to get to know them. Mm. And it's my belief that not everybody is coachable. Mm. You know, some people are coachable. Some people are uncoachable. How do you break that? news to people (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. I break it with a question, right? Great coaching is all about questions. It's less right. about, uh, you know, telling people and statements and more about questions. So I will always go through a full digging deep, mm. like interview, asking them about their life, what life means to them, you know, what business means, what family means. And we'll go through what their pain points are. Right. But towards the end of that conversation, before they decide and I decide if we'll work together, is I'll say to them, what makes you such a great individual to be coached? Why would you be such a great client? And usually the answer to that question will help me determine whether I can help support this person. Wow. So I think being coachable is that you are open-minded, that you do listen to your intuition, that you're willing to grow, mm. and you realize that there's no quick fixes. That's right. That's very important. Mm. A lot of, well, no, I shouldn't say a lot of, but some coaches may say, hey, we can get real, you know, massive results real quick. And I take my hat off to those coaches. But in my experience from being coached and coach coaching, I would say that great results take time. And it's about small, tiny habits being formed and having radical accountability. So one of the great things that I provide for my clients are mm. frameworks. I set them up with healthy habits on the daily, monthly an annual basis and right. then we get really clear like the planning we do is you know we look at five year and then reverse engineer so look at a five-year vision and talk about the different pillars relationships in the next five years health wealth and career spirituality fulfillment we'll look at all those pillars and then we'll reverse engineer year four year three year two year one when we get to year one i'll do a reverse engineered timeline so we've got 2020, what is it going to look like in December? And we'll work back. Then right. we'll have monthly maps, massive action plans for each month. And we'll build it out week one, two, three, and four. And then each week, Sunday success steps. We'll plan out the week, do the seven days. Right. So it just means that they're doing tiny steps mm. towards meaningful outcomes. Wow. That's so good. That's really, really good. You know, I've, I've always, always believed that, you know, for you to see change in anything, you have to have a timeline and you have to have consistent activities. You know, what we mostly do sometimes is we create a plan and we fail to fill the time with the activities yeah. that we need, you know, or sometimes you have consistent activity with no end in mind, with no goal in mind. And you're just caught up in that cycle, not knowing what you're aiming for. So I think that's really important, you know, the way you said it, the way you put it together. And I also like the idea, the fact that, you know, your coaching plan is comprehensive. You look at not just, you know, career, you look at relationship, because those things are important. Like if you don't get it right in one, it can affect it, all the things that you're doing. So having that balance, it's so, so, so unique and so important. So yeah, totally. I'm going to put a, put a link to the website and where people can find you obviously on this podcast and everything and everywhere we post this, but before we wrap this up or before we go, I know uh, there's probably some things that you want to say or that I haven't asked you about or what is like one of the top two uh, advices you would give to people. Like, you know, if you just run into a random stranger and you want to leave them with something that will help their life move forward, you know, what is the thing that you would advise them? You know what? I would mm. say there's a couple things. So one, mm. people 
say don't live with regrets. And I think that's a lot right. of pressure. You know what, as humans, we have regrets. It's okay. Absolutely. Next yeah. thing, a lot of people say, listen to your gut. And I'll say, do listen to your gut, but just know that your gut's not always right. And don't beat yourself up when something goes wrong. You say, but I listened to my gut. It's okay to be wrong. And it's about learning from that moving forward. So to me, I guess the advice is always get a pen and paper out. And mm. like you just said a minute ago, you wrote something down five years ago. You hardly checked it. And now you've actually completed most of those things. When people are listening to podcasts like this, they're at live events. One of the greatest pieces of advice I could say is get pen and paper out because people who write down what they're learning have massive, massive percentages of higher rates of retention. They will remember that stuff much greater because when you're writing, you're essentially scribing it into your subconscious. So that's like a simple little suggestion. And uh, certainly, yeah, if you want to throw my uh, handles in, people can follow me on Instagram, James Lachlan Official. And I'm actually working on a book right now around fatherhood. So that's something wow. that people can look out for. And it's fathers who are career fathers. You know, they're high performers in their careers. And looking mm. at the role of dad in future generations of our children. So oh, here wow. in New Zealand, we've got high teenage suicide rates. So I worked at a school. There was, I think, around 10 students who took their lives over a 15-year period. New Zealand has a real high high statistic on that yeah. and dads have a major role to play wow. and i say that because if dads can level up their behaviors and be more present as dads then i certainly believe it's going to have a positive impact and what i've been doing with the book is i've been interviewing incredible dads who are high performers in sport politics business all different types of backgrounds so i've interviewed a former uh, Prime Minister from New Zealand, yep. Sir John Key, interviewed the former All Blacks captain, Richie McCaw, interviewed, um, who interviewed recently, uh, Dr. Warren Farrell. So Dr. Warren Farrell is, he wrote a book called The Boy Crisis. He consults to the White House um, yeah. on boys and men's health. And he's done that for many years. Oh, wow. uh, also had the privilege of interviewing Indaba Mandela, who is Nelson Mandela's uh, grandson. Right. And also works for the United Nations. So looking at these guys who are positive, passionate dads mm. who have a major purpose in their life, which is driving them professionally and philanthropically. And I'm documenting how us dads, I look at myself, I call myself a rookie dad. I'm here to learn. I yeah. want to make mistakes and learn from them. And I want to do my best job as a dad. So to do that, I'm interviewing people who are further down the track, who have better skills than me. And my hope is that other dads will lift the book, learn from these great dads and help turn the tide of mm. this mental health crisis and get people on a real positive track. So some of the listeners in future months might be able to check the book out. And, check the book um, out. And what's, what's the title of the book? I don't have the title finalized. The publisher's oh, going to okay. help me with that, but that'll come. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Definitely. I would like to you know, pick on that as soon as it's ready. You know, definitely we'll put it on and we'll share it with people. I think it's going to be a, a really good one because I um, personally, I have a book coming out next month. And one of the chapters in the book talks about generational purpose, which I don't feel like we talk about enough. You know, it's okay to have a purpose for your life. It's okay to have, you know, all these goals and plan. But 
how how do you set up the next generation to make sure that they don't go through the same struggles that they don't go through the same inconvenience that you went through you know give them a, a leverage you know you know and putting them on that path really where it's easier for them to not just find but fulfill that purpose for their lives too so i think this is it's a crossroad you know with what you're talking about and it's really really important so that book is definitely going to be on my shelf one day Brilliant. <laughs> as soon as yours comes out let me know i want to buy a copy so please let me know when yeah you watch it. absolutely i would definitely send it your way so but really see i want to really thank you for making time to come on on, on this show today and you know having to chat you know about what you do and uh how you help all the people, you know, it's really exciting, you know, and I cannot wait to obviously, um, you know, engage more and obviously share more uh, with you and what you're doing. So um, I'm, like I said, I'm going to post where people can find you, put your handle on Instagram. I believe that's uh, James Lachlan official. Is that right? That's it. That's, that's it. I have a good memory. I think I'm picking it. <laughs> <laughs> and, Thanks, the, and the website is J uh, something. Uh, what's the website address yeah, again? JJLockland.com. JJLockland.com. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't quite remember that. So we're going to put all of that onto this, into this uh, podcast, into the notes so people can reach you and get in touch with you. But again, I just want to thank you for making the time to come. I appreciate your, you know, your investment in this podcast today. Thank you so it's much. It's an absolute pleasure, Tosin. I think what you're doing is incredible. Keep up the amazing work. And I look forward yeah. to connecting more and to follow your great journey. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now that we have this connection, we'll definitely stay in touch and we'll, we'll share more info going forward. Thank you so much, James. Really appreciate your Thanks time. Thanks a million. Today. Take care, Tosin. Right, we'll talk yeah. to you soon. Yeah, you have a good time. Enjoy uh, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, you too, buddy. Travel safe. All right. Thanks. Wow, what a great session and what a great, great conversation. I am so excited that we had this um, show today and the great things that James pointed out about, you know, coaching and what it means to put yourself in the, in the best position possible to make sure that you get the best, the greatest benefit out of coaching. And a lot of great, great points from this conversation from how we need to focus more on our future and stop replaying memories or experiences from our past that may be impeding us from moving forward. I want you to take your time, you know, get your pen and your paper, make sure you get these points out of this episode today and also make sure that you follow James on social media. He's on Instagram at James Lachlan Official. You can find him there and you can also find him at his website at jjlochlin.com. Make sure you follow him and make sure you keep up with what he's doing. Until next time, thank you so much for being part of this podcast episode today. Again, I'm your host, Tosin Adil. <laughs>